the learning curve wasn't as big as I thought. And I really could do this. It was just all these different forms of this superpower. I never knew I had, cause I'd never heard anyone say it before that I brought some kind of trust and calm and chill to this process. It can be pretty scary, which is getting on camera. So I say all that to say, I found my third thing that I can give advice on and feel really, really comfortable about it. And that is talk about what you're trying to do. Tell people what you're working on. Tell people your ideas and don't be afraid that they don't come to fruition because all you're doing is just planting seeds. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to speak with Dan Bennett. He was born and raised in the greedy city of Flint, Michigan, and now resides in Fort Worth, Texas. He's a founder of One Minute Media, a company that empowers entrepreneurs and startups to learn to look and sound great on camera through coursework and private community membership. Dan has had the privilege to work with some amazing clients like Harley Davidson, Hasbro, Nerf, Mercury Marine, Bud Light, Camaro, and many more. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode as we dig in to Dan's origin story. So let's jump in. Dan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, I can concur all the SPI uh, words that you just said. It is super cool. There's a lot of talented people in there. And also uh, people like us get to meet each other and chop it up over the things we love. So happy to be here. Fantastic. And you're absolutely right. You know, it's when you find like-minded people that are on the same wavelength as yourself, it's like, oh my God, where ha why have I not met you before, right? So it's, yeah. it's really fantastic that we get to meet and have these conversations. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it does feel like that. It feels like a almost a homecoming, even though you're meeting mm -hmm. new people. So I dig yeah, it. It's amazing. Uh, my, I was at, at a, I was in LA and I met this gentleman over Reddit a couple of years ago and he's like, Oh, come on down. You're a podcaster. I want to, I want to 
invite you to be a guest. I'm like, well, I'm let's do virtual. It's like, no, no, I want you to come in the studio. I'm like, okay. So last month I was traveling to California. I was like, hey, I'm gonna be in town. He's like, all right, perfect. Come on, come down this day. So I show up and we start talking. He's like, all right, have a seat right here. I've got the cameras all set up. Let's chat. So we started talking and then there was a point that in the conversation where he was like, tell me about yourself. So I was like, well, I grew up in blah, 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 but I came to the States when I was 19. He's like, oh, that's cool. I'm 19 right now. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I'm 19 years old and I've been running this podcast studio for three years. I'm like, dude, that's epic. And as the conversation went on, he was like, it's almost like talking to Spider-Man on the metaverse, you know, in the in the movie. <laughs> you get to speak, talk to other Spider-Man, Spideys, and the, the same issues we face. Yeah, I love it, man. It's uh, serendipity is a hard thing not to kind of believe in a little bit, at least. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Yeah. So, Dan, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. We've been just talking to each other and I want to share with the audience who you are, where you come from, and what is your expertise and what you bring to the world. Yeah, I'll try and uh, high level it as much as possible to leave yeah. some space for us to break it down. Um, so, I'm definitely in the category of accidental entrepreneur. Um, I had feelings, you know, as I was like getting late teens, early twenties and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know what they were until later on. Mm. So I was really good at drafting in high school. I had a teacher who's like, Hey, you're good at this. You should go to school for it. And I was like, oh, okay. So had my first uh, drafting job before I even went to college, uh, went after an engineering degree, got some of those positions before I even got a degree. And about three quarters of the way through that degree, I was having a conversation with, uh, my professor at the time and accidentally kind of found out that we were making about the same money and he had Mm -hmm. the degree I was going after and I was already on my way out of that industry anyway, but that was Mm -hmm. kind of the final straw. Mm -hmm. So a little later in life than people usually do, I was finding myself in my early Mm twenties and I was in a band that toured, uh, played music all over the country and, um, was doing a pretty good job at keeping us afloat. And what I didn't know was happening was entrepreneurship, right? So I handled our merchandise, our design, our website, our I'm going to date myself, our MySpace page, um, <laughs> our booking, our management, all the stuff and finding that I kind of loved it. So as I left engineering, I was interacting with a, uh, apparel printer mm-hmm. and the guy that owned it, um, was like, Hey, you guys sell a lot of t-shirts. Uh, how do, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, it's the only way that we can keep going. So we're really <laughs> focused on merch and creating great t-shirts doing one-off runs. So those 25 are the only ones that exist, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he's like, well, hey, if you play with a lot of other bands, um, you know, and you bring in an order from one of them, I'll give you 15% off the top. And I'm like, got it. So next weekend, I come with a couple extra orders and he's like, holy crap, you know, and it just grew from there. And what I started to find was I was able to help other people tell their stories through my creative skill set. And that was the part of engineering I never got to do. Mm. I was good at drafting in high school because we were creating from scratch all the time. In my engineering career, all we ever did was revise old drawings. I never created anything from scratch Mm -hmm. and I was getting to do that at this point. And after about six or eight months of those visits, uh, I walked in one day and he's like, Hey, you want a job? And I'm like, actually (laughs) I quit my career a while back and I wouldn't mind that. Mm -hmm. And he knew I was trying to find myself, you know, 
and I ended up running the art department for a large apparel printer for a while and cut my teeth um, on design even further, as well as I had the space um, to have what we now know as side hustles um, <laughs> and, you know, do, do work for other bands and, and music festivals and all these things and really kind of find my way as someone who helps others tell stories for a living. So that's kind of the high level from then till now. Good. I absolutely love that and helping others tell their stories through your, through what you love to do. That's, it's like when we get to help others with our true genius, it just, it's just like a mind blown experience every single time, no matter how many times you get to do it. It's like, wow, I just yeah. changed that guy's life. It, it the light bulb moments mm -hmm. in the work I do with people are highs that I chase every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never gets old. It's amazing, man. I I totally love that. So you went into drafting. That was something that you were or engineering, and then drafting design through for engineering stuff because you're designing circuit boards or, or what kind of designs? Uh, I, I did. It's funny because I was born and raised in Michigan and I did everything except automotive or automotive suppliers. Mm -hmm. uh, so my first job was steel and it was like uh, roll-offs and bins and like dumpsters, stuff like that you'd see behind yes. a restaurant or yeah. going down the road on a big truck. And then from there I went to uh, pneumatics. Um, so they would like pull air in from hospital air systems, mm -hmm. scrub them with a certain kind of chemicals. The air would come out clean the other end and a lot of valves and switches and pipes, sure. that sort of thing. Uh, then I went to glass and a lot of that was just restructuring things that already existed within a drawing and giving it to the field of glass builders. Mm -hmm. And the final place I worked was concrete. And I actually like telling the story because this was the final thing I did. And it was a culmination of so many things when I finally yeah. walked away. And literally, uh, especially when the time changed in Michigan, I'd go in at five, it's dark. I'd get out at six at night, it's dark. Mm -hmm. No window in my office. And my my work for the last six months I was there was to take a foundation drawing for a home, a foundation. And we had the same drawing over and over and over because we were supplying people who had sold a lot of the houses that look all the same, you know, so yeah. building out um, neighborhoods and stuff like that. And I would uh, point the inside and outside corners. So click on every inside and outside corner on that drawing and then load those data points into a little machine and hand it to a guy and he would take it out to the field and they would know where to dig in the mm -hmm. ground. So I could do it sleeping, left-handed. I like, I, nowadays, you know, I've worked remote for so long. I think back to that and I'm like, man, did I not need to drive an hour each way to do that? It was so right. terrible. Yeah. Um, so one day, right around the holidays, I was like, I felt like a vampire. I just, I never saw the sun. I hated what I did. Mm. Uh, never saw a mirror. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm done. And I walked away from it all. And a lot of uh, early 20 friends of mine uh, were like, you're crazy. You click a mouse and you make three times as much as we do and you got benefits and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but I ain't happy. Like, don't, yeah. don't you guys care about that? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I walked away. Yeah. Why do you think we did a band? Because that made us so happy, right? Playing yeah, in a band exactly. is, is a lot of passion. Yeah. It was definitely one of those things where not only was it artistic expression, but it was an escape. And of course, yeah. a lot of your gigs happen on the weekend. So I'd work hard Monday through Friday and then just couldn't wait to go do shows and yeah. rehearse on the weekends and stuff. Because, yeah, I was getting away from the the cave. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's really, really interesting. And, and it totally makes sense, right? You're not fulfilled. You want to, you want fulfillment because, yes, it's not all about having a, 
having a bank full of money, I mean, sure, that's helpful. But then if you're, you know, you got to fill in, you got to be, you got to live a balanced life, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're finding the balance, the work-life balance that they talk about. And the funny thing is when you do the thing that you're really passionate about, you don't need to balance it because you're already in the zone of genius that you love. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a neighbor. I've been in Texas for the last four months. So born and raised in Michigan and been in Texas uh, for the last four months and um, great guy getting to know each other really quick. Um, and, you know, he's always like either hanging out in the garage, watching sports, mm -hmm. having a beer or going out and doing something. And most of the time I'm sending my, my partner, Jax, uh, mm -hmm. she's a chef um, and very much like beer drinker, rock and roll chick, all that stuff. So I'll send her with him. Like, go hang out with Gino because I got to work. But he's asking me all the time. He's like, man, you work too much. You work too much. What do you do for fun? And I'm like, my own business development stuff that doesn't have a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because I do. I love I love telling story. I love helping other people shine. Um, I work with entrepreneurs who are already awesome. So I don't have yeah. to write a script or put on a show for them. I just have to capture their essence and how great they already are and help them you know, get that in front of a new audience. So it doesn't get old and no. it's, a, it's almost exactly the opposite of my engineering career. <laughs> well, that's really awesome. I mean, you shared us a little bit about where we come from, what caused you to pull a last straw? Um, I actually, um, we, we never had any, uh, delusions that we're going to make it as rock stars. Now we did some really cool things. We had some labels who looked at us. We got to open up for a lot of my heroes tour with some of them. It was mm -hmm. incredible and I wouldn't trade it. Uh, but all of us are very realistic about what we were doing and right around the five and a half year mark, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, we're going to put out our third album. And if it doesn't do something for us, we're going to go ahead and hang up the gloves and move on. And we were all fine with that. So I wanted to go out with a little bit of a bang. And uh, this will date me as well, but we wanted to do a CD DVD combo. Mm -hmm. So they would both come in one container. And as soon as we agreed to do that, we were filming behind the scenes of us recording in the studio and all these different things. And I wanted to do a full like narrative music video, like a real yeah. music video. So we did. And um, I could talk for hours about all the different things that happened, you know, from A to Z there. But um, some of the cool things were getting actors from all over the Midwest, some that went on to act in big, you know, like television shows and all kinds mm -hmm. of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, get them to come and do it for free just for food and a place to stay <laughs> and um, write a script and, and kind of uh, exercise the demons of my past a little bit through this kind of uh, process and just have fun and tell a great story. And um, that's where video was really introduced to me because it's the first time that I had any control over what was being shot or edited or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'd always love music videos, love film, love movies, but it was never a part of my life until then. And that's where I got the video bug that's mm -hmm. led all the way till now is having that experience, having it go off without a hitch. And then knowing that there's some folks out there who have been in some pretty big TV shows and stuff that if you go to their IMDb, mm -hmm. uh, the lifted music video is the first thing on their resume because it was one of the first things they <laughs> the did. And it's like, did. oh, yeah. they started with us. It's so cool. Um, and that's really where I'm like, okay, video is, in my opinion, I'm biased, of course, um, mm -hmm. is the most powerful vehicle to take story where it's going. And that's that's what I help people do now. So that's where kind of got bit by the bug and it was it was over. I'm like, whatever I do from here on out, I have to help people tell story visually because that's what I love. Man, I, I totally love that. And 
and you're absolutely right. We've been consuming videos through movies, TV shows, and game shows, and what you name it, right? It's all on television. We're watching it. We're engrossed in it. And it totally changes the way you look at things. Now, books are amazing. And in fact, books are the foundation of what films are built on top of, right? So yeah. storytelling, at, you know, take that imagination to the next level, totally blows your mind. And, and condensing a condenses a, let's say, 54-hour-long book sequel into, say, 12 hours of three sequel movies. Yeah, yeah. I love that you put it that way too, because um, one of the things I do with my clients and members of my community is um, use fictional storytelling tools to get mm -hmm. them to understand real life stories and relatability between humans. And as entrepreneurs, like a lot of them, like a good list, a good checklist, a good blueprint, a good, yeah. you know, um, framework. And oftentimes I have to use one because if you just talk about mindset, you know, sometimes people get a little off track. So mm -hmm. I like to use those things that are used to tell great stories in fiction. Like you said, books, video games, movies, all the cool stuff mm -hmm. and, and help entrepreneurs kind of pour themselves into that framework to realize, oh, wait, I can, I can condense my life experiences into a couple minute video and really yeah. get across what I'm about. And I can do that over and over. So I love the the way you just set that up because it is really a focus of what I try and do is, um, mm -hmm. you know, my favorite step is when we've got the gear unlocked and, and everything's ready and people are looking good and sounding good and all that stuff. And sometimes there's this part where people are like, uh, what do I talk about, Dan? Or how do, I, <laughs> how do I be myself or how do I get comfortable doing this? And repetition and all the muscle memory and stuff, mm -hmm. that's all important. But a yeah. big part of it is like, hey, don't forget, you're an entrepreneur. You've got tons of life experience. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of stories to tell and we don't got to tell them all in one big long video. So right. like, let's just pick one, fill out a simple little framework with it, tell that story and see what happens. And it really opens up the floodgates to people going, Oh yeah, I do know mm -hmm. a lot of stuff and I yeah. have been around a while. I got plenty to talk about, you know, and I love, I love when that happens. You know, what you said there is so monumental because in 2018, I try to record a video course and I spent the time. Okay. I know the tech here, right? I've been behind the camera forever. I know how all of that stuff works, lighting, camera, audio, blah, 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 background. So I set it up in my basement and I spent two hours and I go in front of the camera and I'm basically frozen because I don't know where to start. I don't know what to say. Sure. I have a outline of my course, but I, I'm somebody who likes to tell a backstory, but I was just totally for a long. I, I was like, I don't know how to start this. So I'm not going to need to do some more work on myself. So as I'm talking to you and talk, talk to other guests on the podcast, listening to their stories, it suddenly clicked in my head like, oh, they're telling stories. I'm listening to stories. These are all stories that you, if you set it up right on the right framework, yeah, it's going to make, it's going to make sense. Yeah. It's super cool too, that, um, I, I'm, I'm heavy, heavily reliant on metaphor mm -hmm. and to be completely transparent, which I always try and be, um, it's because it's kind of the only way I know how to learn. I'm a little bit hands-on, but I'm mostly mm -hmm. like visual and then it's the only way I know how to teach. So yeah. luckily 
it's a great way to teach because mm -hmm. that can take complex things and make them relatable to something you already understand. So you can, you know, lock those pieces into place. Um, and it is oftentimes that I can hear a story from another person or vice versa, and they have no idea what I'm talking about mm -hmm. as in the subject matter, but they understand what I'm talking about in feeling, mm -hmm. uh, transportation, how you got somewhere, uh, yeah. how you related it to something that's very basic and human. And all of a sudden I can come into your world. And even if I don't know anything about, you know, biomechanics, I can still hear your stories and hear your metaphors and go, oh, I can wrap my head around this. This mm -hmm. is cool. And literally that's why we love things like documentaries and reading a great book because yeah. someone can take a really rich and complex story and make it understandable for us through explanations and scenery and metaphor and analogy and all those yeah. beautiful things. Dan, that's, that's so awesome because, uh, the reason that thought of thought of that was number one, um, We've all read The Martian. If you haven't read the book, The Martian, please go read it and then go watch the movie and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. 18 hours of you listening to the book versus watching a two-hour long movie, right? Now, sure, the, the details might be missing, but you get the essence. You get the feeling that he's going through as you're reading the book, as you're watching the movie, you get the same feels, which is really powerful. Yeah. I love that you use the word essence. It's something I use quite a bit as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I tell uh, my clients and members and stuff, like if we can get to 80% and I use the word essence on purpose, 80% mm -hmm. of your essence or 80% of what it's like to meet you in real life, whether that's Zoom, phone call, in person, doesn't matter. That's a grand slam. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first point of that is that it relieves some of the tension they may feel that you got to like be perfect in video. You don't. You just have to get a B minus, right? Mm -hmm. And the second thing that it kind of sets is that that's what people are after. They're after your essence. Most of the time, especially in services-based entrepreneurship, yeah. especially in the digital arena, people just want to like know they can trust you. And a great way to do that is for them to feel like 80% of what it's like to really meet you. Um, I got this little breakdown if you don't care mm -hmm. if I share oh, it. Oh, please, please. Um, it's this little like three-part thing and it, I, I just call it kind of like the the magic of video. I need a better title, but it's one of the few things where I don't mind using the word magic because it just mm -hmm. kind of feels that way. And the first part is um, you can start to build the know, like, and trust that we're all after. So people love to throw those terms around, but not like get into the meat of it. Like, what does that mean? Or go one layer deeper. Yeah. So when I think of know, like, and trust, I think of incremental. I think of like my neighbor I mentioned earlier, Gino. Mm -hmm. uh, I met him. Uh, then he got my mail for me while I was gone and then we had a beer together and that, you know, there was like this building of relationship and what's really cool is that someone can, uh, be sitting in their bed with a hoodie on, on a Saturday and Cheeto dust all over their shirt, watching your video on a phone. Mm -hmm. And that's how intimate that relationship could be without you being there at all. Yeah. And so they can build that know, like, and trust anywhere they're at. The second fun component I need a better word for this too, but I call it micro fame. Mm -hmm. um, none of us are really out to be famous by any means, but like um, there's just this like subconscious recognizability that happens with video where when I've seen you on a screen, especially if you're looking good and sounding mm -hmm. good, much like you are right now, yeah. I all of a sudden feel like if I saw you on the street, I'd be like, oh, hey, you make those videos. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just that recognizability, that like little yes. tiny pinch of micro fame. And then the third thing kind of in sequence is if someone does meet you in real life, whether that's on a webinar, a sales call, discovery meeting, just grabbing coffee, maybe a networking meeting, 
and they've started to know, like, and trust you. They've got that at least B minus dose of your essence and, Mm -hmm. and what it's like to, you know, um, experience what it is that you're sharing. And then you lock that in, in real life. You are the way you were in your videos and in your education or whatever it is that you do. Yeah. It's over. It's over because then it's like, oh, thank God you're like, you're like you are in your videos. That's so (laughs) relieving. You're not trying to trick me into anything. You're not trying Mm -hmm. to do something crazy. You're just you. And now I'm really comfortable and all the work that you put in without being there because it was through video yeah now gets locked into place when you meet someone in real life um and i have it happen all the time people you know like have some sort of discovery call with me or maybe even a sales call and they're like oh man it's so relieving that you are just kind of chill mm-hmm. and you know you make me feel comfortable and you know i'm yeah. always one to say i'm trying to disqualify everyone so like i'm not trying to convince you to do anything i'm trying to see if we're a good fit right all those things can settle in at the end just because of you know video having those effects on people no you're absolutely right because it's it it carries over right that that essence through through our eyes and our ears right to it's not you're just not listening to them on the phone because you can mask a lot of that stuff but when you're looking at the face and the sound matches that face it's like okay yeah. Dan is a guy that I talked on the phone and now I'm having beers with him and I'm hanging out with him having coffee, etc. Man, yeah. I love I love, I love all of I love all of this stuff. And that's one of the reasons why why I asked I wanted you to come on the podcast because I knew who I'm gonna be talking to. Yeah. You know, through those videos. Yeah. And that's powerful, right? Like, um, I saw some of your stuff and I remember, I think we were on like a, an office hours type call or Mm -hmm. some kind of zoom type call. Yeah. And, uh, we have some overlap in some of the work that we do. And I remember like pointing out how cool it was that we can be in the same community on the same call doing similar, not the same thing, but similar Mm -hmm. things. And we're both learning. We're both like pumping each other up and we both understand there's plenty enough pie to go around. So like we oh, don't have absolutely. to feel bad about it. We can feel good. And I saw your face light up and you're like, I know, right? Like it doesn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came through. I could kind of get a sense of your personality already yeah. before I ever said those words. And I knew I, I felt pretty safe thrown out with some assumption that yeah. you're probably comfortable with that too. And it, it turned out that you were. Yeah. It's it's beautiful, right? Well, Dan's been we've been talking about some amazing ta- stuff, concepts. Uh, I'm a I'm a man of metaphors. One hundred percent of the time, I talk about beekeeping, cycling, driving on the on freeways, and looking at the people, you know, driving on that same freeway because we can relate, and it feels like we're on the same freeway. You know, and there's plenty of lanes. It's not a one-way freeway. There's plenty yeah. of lanes on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot because you can imagine over, like, say, a 2,000-mile trip, mm-hmm. I'll be in the lead for some of it. You'll be in the lead for some of it. We'll be side-by-side yeah. side for some of it. Exactly. You might need to take some time off and get a hotel for part of it. I yeah. might need to visit some friends. Um, mm-hmm. I love that that metaphor because I think we get caught up in the uh, being on a four-lane highway but mm-hmm. feeling like we're on a one way and I better pass you whenever I can, you know, right. I don't know. I've been around a little while now and I've never (laughs) found it to be that the competition's so stiff that I have to like be a cutthroat. So that's, that's so true. And, and unfortunately it's been taught one way or another that there's competition like, no. And funny thing is, um, 
when I showed up and, and talked to this gentleman in, in the LA studio in person, and he's like, what do you do? It's like, well, I, I tell, I help people set up their home studios. And he's like, you're in my business. You're competing with my studio. I'm like, not, no, I'm not. <laughs> there's only one of you and one of me. And he's like, no, but there's more of, you know, there's other people who run the same name, same name. I'm like, yes, but in LA, there's only one of you who's running a podcast studio who's who's had um, celebrities over recording their stuff. It's like, you're yeah. right. So, you know, and I saw, like, initially, like, when I told him, like, when he said, you know, I'm, a, I'm your competition, and he basically folded his arms, closing himself off. And as I'm talking to him, I could see him relax and like, okay, yeah. we're in safe space. That's so cool. That's so cool. I remember the first time I was in um, an executive boardroom mm. and there were some people there before me and I was allowed to wait in the same space so I could overhear their conversation. Mm. And I was just chilling for a few minutes before it was my turn to sit down with some of the guys. And it was a really interesting conversation. I, ca I can't remember what it was about. I just remember that they enjoyed each other's company and they were laughing and mm. they were talking business. And so, you know, when it was my turn, we were kind of easing into the conversation and they're like, oh, thanks for waiting. You know, sorry about that, whatever. I'm like, oh, no problem. And I'm a story developer, right? So I'm like, can I ask who that was? Mm -hmm. And it was their direct competition. And that was the first time that I started realizing that a lot of the big dogs mm -hmm. all talk to each other. Yeah. Fast forward in 2020, when I lost everything and started over, we did something called the One Minute Media Initiative, which was we had a bunch of free time on our hands and mm -hmm. no clients because everything disappeared. So we're like, what do we do? And we offered free videos to essential businesses. And we ended up uh, filming a lot of like restaurants and stuff, just real quick, punchy videos to help mm -hmm. them let their audience know how they could continue to patronize them. Nice. And after that series ran, I got contacted by um, a pretty substantial sized marketing firm in Detroit, Michigan. And they're like, hey, we really like what you did and we want to do kind of our own model of it. And I'm like, wow, that's exciting. And they're like, you want to be on this kind of panel? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I get introduced to five other people. So it's almost like the Avengers, you know, kind of coming yeah. together. And every single one of them mastermind together every month and they were all competition. And it was like, okay, that locked it in for me, you know, You've the beginning to. and the end. These people all talk. They're mm -hmm. trying to figure out best practices and how to stay mm -hmm. ahead of the curve and referring things that don't completely line up with them to other people they know they can trust and they're yeah. building networking and relationships. And this is all the stuff that happens in offices that you don't see because it's not yes. happening on the internet. Exactly. And I've taken all that with me. It's mm -hmm. like my network is full of all kinds of people that on paper you might be like, why are you telling them all your secrets, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, because they tell me there's two. <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh my God. Well, guys, we've been having so much fun talking with Dan. Um, after the break, he's going to share three hacks to take away for storytelling in video. So stick around and we'll be right back. I think that was a pretty good version of <laughs> hold on. Yeah. We'll be right back. Yeah. That's, that's one to like go review mm -hmm. as you're like kind of scripting that little transition. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. that was good. I like awesome. that. Yeah, man, I, I really love what you're talking about. And it's, it's almost like I want to work with you to create these videos for myself. <laughs> Dude, I've I've done it both ways um, mm -hmm. where I help other video creators and they help me. It's yeah. I'm so willing because all of us, right? I call it yes. the mechanic effect. It's known as the cobbler's shoes and all that kind yes. of stuff. 
but it's a, a real life story. Like I had a mechanic when I lived in Michigan, his name was Joe, 36 or seven year ASE certified master mechanic. And I always had my family's cars done there, my cars worked on. <clears throat> and I had to drop something off and I had mm -hmm. to talk to him. Normally I just drop stuff off and say, fix it. Yeah. Had to talk to him. So I was getting there at the beginning of the day and I got there about five minutes before he got there to open up the shop. Yeah. And he pulled in this old crappy truck, you know, and I looked at it and I kind of chuckled and I've seen it before and I'm, he yeah. knows what I do for a living. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you drive that crappy truck, man? Like you could, <laughs> you could fix anything. You could go get some uh -huh. blue motor Audi or whatever and like uh -huh. fix it and drive it and basically get it free. And he looked at it and he looked at me and almost like in a movie, he looked at it again stroked his chin looked at me and he's like ah, it's easy to work on and he left <laughs> yes I, it broke my heart because for myself because i was like oh my god i i just cranked my stuff out with no vision and, mm -hmm. and no preparation because it's easy to do for me yeah and then to put all of the curation and all of the technique into my my clients, clients work. work why do yes. i not do, you know <laughs> so anyway all that to say i would love to to jam with you and help awesome. you make it because yeah it's fun I love it. All right, let's go back in. <clears throat> oh, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, sure. Um, one of the hacks is um, me talking about earlier uh, mm -hmm. utilizing fictional storytelling tools. Mm -hmm. And I do have like a, a freebie. So I don't know if that's allowed oh, on yeah. your show or whatever. Absolutely. Please, please, please. Super simple. Get in. Yeah. Little freebie. Okay. So I wanted to make sure before I just. No, no, fly. absolutely. I think <laughs> I, I even have it in the email copy. Hey, create a custom link for the audience to, you know, go visit. Um, so yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm typing it in now. Make sure it's live because <laughs> it's been a while since I gave it out. <laughs> All right, it is cool. Sure. All right. All right. Welcome back, guys. If you've been listening to the episode, we've been talking with Dan Bennett, and we're having a lot of fun talking about video, talking about storytelling, talking about the emotions and the essence video helps create. And the beautiful part is a lot more people are realizing this thanks to the pandemic. Like really, we are thanking the pandemic because because of it, we are not only closer to each other, but we, we have access to so many tools. Zoom got an upgrade, <laughs> StreamYard got an upgrade, got bought out by other companies. There's new companies coming on around the block all the time. And we're able to create this amazing, sort of um platform and foundation for each other so dan thanks thanks for sticking around and you know sharing your journey the motivations and and all the amazing stories that we've been sharing with the audience yeah no problem at all this has been fun uh yeah i uh i mentioned earlier 2020 lost everything started over literally went out into the wilderness to find mm -hmm. myself and came out with a big stack of what i call like micro epiphanies for myself and yeah um one of those things was you know to like be really picky about who i'm working with and do things my way and really really search for fulfillment in my work mm -hmm. um i have a lot of big companies in my past that I've done work for and those logos look great on my website and I've got some fun stories and stuff but it was never fulfilling and that's the honest truth yeah and starting to work very purposefully with uh, entrepreneurs solopreneurs startups stuff like that um, is so fulfilling and as I kind of emerged from that and was like okay who am I going to work with because I know I got a freelance while I build my empire so what's mm -hmm. this going to be um it, it was like I, I'd been on zoom for about four and a half years at that time so I was just like 
come children, come welcome. I've been here for ages. <laughs> Let me show you how to do this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my first clientele were people who did really cool things in really in real life. Um, like, um, one is an actress, a former actress on, uh, Broadway who yeah. works with executives on performance and body language and how to give better talks and speeches and all these different things. And she was still doing the same work. It was just mm-hmm. from home now. So very quickly, upgrade the camera, get the lights looking good, get great audio. And she was able to continue doing what she was doing before just yeah. remotely now. And it was empowering. It's like that, that's fulfilling. This person didn't even really had to pivot. Mm-hmm. They were just able to very quickly do it from home and do just as high of a you know quality job. So yeah, I, I, Thanks, Zoom. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom, for sure. Hopefully, yeah, they're exactly. they're cutting you a check. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and and um, it's brought the world so much closer too. I think I met a lot more people that are aligned with my interests that are more supportive than I've found in the past whole decade of people to support what I want to do. And that yeah. probably wouldn't have and have happened for me if I had not stepped into the podcasting journey in 2018. So thank you, Gary V, for telling me to go document my journey. Cause that's been that's been you know, it's been a huge transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was almost like uh, kind of a, a loudspeaker. I've always uh imagined a lot of entrepreneurs as silos like you'd see on a farm Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of them and they're really close together but we're all inside of them and it was almost like someone came along with a loudspeaker and there's like hey and we all stuck our heads out and we're like oh there's one over there (laughs) there's another one (laughs) and we started kind of realizing through community and networking and of course you know zoom calls and all the fun things like oh yeah we're not alone Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because a lot of people and rightfully so some of the time like to say, you know, we're, we're the most connected we've ever been and the most alone we are. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of truth to that. But I've also seen the positivity over the last two years of being able to jump on a call, solve a problem. I would have had to drive an hour, yeah. get a slot or a meeting. And if you couldn't make the meeting, we'd have to reschedule whatever. Now I can help you solve your problem super quick. Mm-hmm. And we both go on our way. So there's just a lot of really positive things I don't think get talked about enough. So I'm glad you brought up that. Uh, part of the unfortunate pandemic happening yeah. is some fortunate things like us being able to do what we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so <clears throat> share with the audience three hacks to take away on using storytelling videos and all of that good stuff that you teach, man. All right. So earlier I talked about going in the forest and coming back out with these micro epiphanies. And one of them was I was having this thought that I like to challenge people's thinking, but I don't like to give advice unless I really know what I'm talking about. So most of the time that leaves me only giving advice on video and storytelling. And while I was out there, I was whiteboarding out some stuff and I was like, man, I want a third thing, but I really don't want to spend like the 10,000 hours to master something new so I can give (laughs) advice on it. So what can I give advice on? And I came, you know, out of the woods and I'm looking at my notes. And one of the first things I did was segment off a little piece of my email uh, list. And it was all people that I would consider friends of different levels. So former clients, uh, I was clients of some of these people, mentors, mentees, uh, what I call colleagues, just other entrepreneurs doing something in the digital world. Mm-hmm. And I sent them all an email. I'm like, hey, y'all know what's going on in my life. I've lost everything. I'm starting over, da, 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 da. I just want you to keep me top of mind. Like, you don't have to give me referrals right now or any of that, but like, just think of me and what I'm trying to do. 
and you know my skill set. So if I can help you do something quick, like a motion graphic, animate your logo, do a quick edit for you, something I can do to give back for keeping me top of mind, let me know. And I'll knock that out for free because I want to really strengthen my network. The, re- the response to this was overwhelming. Wow. Um, almost 100% of all people wrote back. People were talking about how it made them cry because I was just so transparent and vulnerable. Oh, Other people offered their services for free right then. So like executive coaches and all these just like really cool things happened. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, wow, that response rate was really good. I should write something else to them, you know? So I don't know where this came from, but mm-hmm. I just had the idea to email them and say, hey, Imagine a reporter came by and they asked you, hey, you know that Dan Bennett guy, right? Yeah, you do. Okay, cool. Uh, What would you say his superpower is? And I just left it at that. I'm like, fun Mm -hmm. little thought experiment, hit reply, you know? And 20 some people out of the 30 some wrote back that time too. And I was like, oh my goodness. And there was 10 different people that said some form of something I had never heard before in my life. And that was you make me feel calm. I feel like I can trust you when I watch your content or when you worked with me one-on-one, you really helped me understand that the learning curve wasn't as big as I thought. And I really could do this. It was just all these different forms of mm. the superpower. I never knew I had, cause I'd never heard anyone say it before that I brought some kind of trust and calm and chill to this process. It can be pretty scary, which is getting on camera. So I say all that to say, I found my third thing that I can give advice on and feel really, really comfortable about it. And that is talk about what you're trying to do. Tell people what you're working on. Mm -hmm. Tell people your ideas and don't be afraid that they don't come to fruition because all you're doing is just planting seeds. Just talk about what you're doing because I can now trace back over the last two years after having the best year I've ever had in my life after Mm -hmm. having the worst year I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. So many things that are attributed to me just saying, Hey, I'm rebuilding. I'm trying to do something cool. Community is really important to me. I'm trying to build the digital side of my business because the one-on-one side comes very naturally to me. I just kept telling my story, just kept talking about what I was trying to accomplish. And it's opened up so many doors. So hacker tip number one, talk about what you're up to, even if it's a little bit scary to do so. Oh man, I love that so much. And Whew. It's it's giving me goosebumps because we think that we need to be so polished. Yeah. We need to be so perfect talking about everything. But then in reality, if you watch movies, if you watch even late night shows, what's the most attractive feature of that host? It's that they're transparent, they're yeah. genuine. Well, how, how, how are they doing that by, you know, dumping on themselves, like anything that they're talking about, they're making fun of themselves. They're being their original self. So why do we need to be something, somebody different? We're not in a movie, you know, we don't need to be a different character. Just need to be on a late night show and be yourself. Yeah. You, man, I just got goosebumps (laughs) literally as you're saying that because you have no idea how many times in one-on-one work and community work that Mm -hmm. I've told people, and I'm talking like getting into the hundreds now. um, If you want to know how to tell a great story, watch a stand-up comedian, self-deprecation, open loops, great time, close the loop at the end. And if they're really good, it's a throwback to the beginning and Mm -hmm. the whole story has a bow on it when it's done. You're like, wow, that's how you entertain. That's how you tell a story. So I love that you talked about late night Mm because that is so true, man. I'm, 
that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we're we're cut from the same cloud. We're just know, you know we're... different. <laughs> yeah. So tip number two um, is really simple, and it's one that like makes light bulbs go off for the people I work with all the time, mm-hmm. and it's when they're getting kind of caught up in like making that perfect video, right? So oftentimes I call it a cocktail. I use a screwdriver as an example. So mm-hmm. half orange juice, half vodka, you got to start somewhere. So people ask me, uh, Hey Dan, should I like just ship this video, just get it done and get it out. So I'm not sitting around worrying about it or should I polish it? It's my brand. It's my mm-hmm. face, man. Like I should take some time, right? What should I do? And I say, yes, <laughs> and it frustrates them. <laughs> Because I start introducing the duality of entrepreneurship to uh-huh. them. It, there's always two sides and it's not very often that one is right and one is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so you make that first cocktail and whew, maybe that's a bit too much vodka. Well, yeah. you know, next time 75% juice, 25% vodka mm-hmm. and you find what works for you, but you got to start somewhere. So make your cocktail and start going. Um, so in the vein of that idea, I tell people all the time, you don't have to show anyone your videos. Mm-hmm. That's you it. Don't. Tip number two, make 49 of them, put out number 50. You got your wings stretched, your video content creation muscles all warmed up mm-hmm. and no one sees one through 49. They see 50. And that doesn't mean wait till it's perfect. That just means right. you don't have to show anyone. You can practice and that's yes. okay. Man, I love that. And that takes me to the point of <clears throat> looking at the greats like uh, Muhammad Ali or or uh, Michael Jordan and Steph Curry and, and all these athletes. They're simply training to be better than themselves. Like they're practicing, they're putting in the reps um, to go to book writing. So, uh, as it was Malcolm Gladwell and he's like, people come to me and they're like, I want to write this book. It's going to be awesome. And he's like, well, where's your bad writing? If that's going to yeah. be a good writing, where's your bad writing? <laughs> like, show me that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's permission, man. Like mm. you, you should, if you care about what you're doing, you should have bad videos and some of them should be on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't have to put number one out there, but you yeah. should put something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because like, I don't know why, <clears throat> and I don't know where this number came from, but 2019, January one, and it had nothing to do with new year's resolution. Just happened to start on that day mm-hmm. i did 200 videos for 200 days in a row and wow. i just left my my setup up and i just got in front of the camera didn't really edit too much just cut the ends off and if i flubbed i flubbed mm-hmm. and had a topic for each day so like tactical tuesday and you know why wednesday and stuff like that and all i wanted to do was like see how they did how i felt if i got any better and then just tell my audience what i learned from the experiment mm-hmm. and what happened that I think was the most impactful of all things is I made some terrible videos and I put them out and I learned how to not care because <laughs> I still have oh all those God. videos. Yeah. Sometimes they come up on my like memories or what you know, and I see them and some are good and I'm like, Ooh, I had a good day that day. And then some are like, Oh man, I can't believe I put that out. <laughs> but it got me, you know, to the point where I'm at. And that's, I call it the wince face. Like it's the one part where I go, Oh, mm-hmm. that's that's what I can't do for you client I'm sorry I can't mm-hmm. put in the reps for you I can't yes. put in the work for you it's the only part I can't help with I can make you look incredible I can teach you how to tell story mm-hmm. I can show you the finish line build the car the video that's going to take your store where it's, story where it's going but I, I can't make you get in the car <laughs> so one, that part's on you 100% and I, I'll tell my, my people same thing yes you can go buy uh, $250 marathon shoes 
but you cannot run a marathon tomorrow unless you put in the reps. Yeah. You're going to be hurting. You're going to be hurting. Yeah, it's hurting. And man, that's a great way to put it to you because I might be able to run, you know, like a half marathon, mm-hmm. um, but I guarantee I won't do anything else for 14 days after that, you know? <laughs> yeah, put in the reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third tip I have um, that I mentioned earlier is using um, fictional storytelling tools to plug real life stories into. Um, so you've been so gracious as to allow me to share one of my free tools. Um, I'm sure you'll have all the links and all the information. I'll just say it really quick. It's uh, the number one min dot M-E-D-I-A forward slash story spine. And the story spine is kind of um, made popular by Disney and Pixar. They didn't invent it, but mm-hmm. they kind of relied on it early on. And um, you can plug almost any Disney or Pixar movie into the story spine and you see how that story transpired. And it's very, very simplistic. Uh, it starts off once upon a time. And then one day everything changed. Mm-hmm. And because of that, something new happened. Oh, and because of that new thing, something new happened. And then uh, because of all that, this happened mm-hmm. until one day this final result happened. And then ever since then, this is what's been happening. And what's cool about it is you can plug anything in there and it just gives you the spine. It gives you just enough to give it kind of structure and framework. Yeah. But you're not you're not manipulating your own story. You're just telling a real life story and that kind of takes you through. So my super quick example is, once upon a time, Dan lost everything and he went out into the woods to find himself because that day everything changed. His mindset changed and he's like, I'm going to, if I'm going to rebuild, I'm going to figure out a better way to do this. And because of that, he took a lot of notes and wrote on a whiteboard and took photos of it. And because of that, his brain started kind of having a conversation with itself. And Dan kind of became the observer of all these new thoughts. And because of that, he came out with all these micro epiphanies and these kind of changes he wanted to implement until one day he started telling everyone what he was up to and trying to build. And ever since then, doors have been opening and cool conversations like this have been happening because I was willing to tell my story. So that's just me plugging my real life mm-hmm. story into the spine. And hopefully some people go grab that free tool and just plug some things in just to see what it looks like. Cause you have a whole bunch of stories inside of you. I promise. Wow. Dan, that was brilliant. And what's, what's beautiful is that yes, you, you know, Disney popularized it, <clears throat> but I actually, that exact story was also taught by Dan Pink on masterclass.com. I've seen that. Oh, it's so <laughs> like, good. Oh my God. It's so good. And the beautiful part about you're giving this full tool away for free, which is really powerful. And I'm going to go grab it myself because uh, pretty soon at PodFest, I get to go talk in front of an audience. Ooh. And I've, I'm pre- I'm like, how do I even tell stories? Like, yes, I can tell stories, but I want to tell my story in a way that is going to open up people's minds and like, okay, I see. I see the transformation. Because I, cause I kind of figured out, like, you got to go through a transformation yourself to be able to teach somebody or tell yeah. somebody or whatever, right? Have have That's the expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've done that, right? You can see my before and after video. I'm like, okay, this this happened. But then I'm like, how do I even tell that story? So thank you for sharing that tool. It's going to be very powerful. Yeah, yeah. And side shout out to 
that masterclass. Um, mm-hmm. A client gifted me a 12 month membership to masterclass mm-hmm. and Daniel Pink's was one of the ones that I was like, whoa. And if someone has masterclass and they haven't watched that one, watch the section on frameworks. Yes. Wow. The, just framing things and the way, anyway. No, that, <laughs> I love that you've seen that too. That one is really powerful. And um, I want to share with you, there's, there's this gentleman, Charles, uh, he created something called PIP Dex. And it's something that he recently, um, he's basically sh- selling a deck. Uh, it's called Story Blocks. Uh, story tactics so that you can plug in your story into mm-hmm. so that he's got like seven different types of stories that you can have you can have the dragon slayer story and he and he basically tells the story where now he's a designer himself and he wanted to drill into the people the company that he's working for the power of prototyping you should prototype you should prototype because you don't want other people to find out blah 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 so then he, instead of talking about prototyping he actually told a fictional story and related those fictional elements to real life so he talks about a blacksmith who's working on the spear but the spear is not sharp enough and then they go fight a dragon the the dragon didn't get you know get, get pierced from that thing and the dragon ate, it, you know, destroyed the king and, you know, everything was at loss. So then he's like, imagine prototyping was a spear and we didn't end up spend much time on it. Well, this is what's going to happen. So people after he was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like people around the office were walking up and talking to him, you know, listening to the story being told. And then even two months later, everybody was like, they got the idea. They're like, the spear and the dragon. You got to work on the spear so to get the dragon. So he, he's got this deck of cards that you can, you know, get that has a lot more frameworks as well. I'm like, whoa, this is powerful. Yeah. So the reason I've been focusing on story, and is because, um, at social media marketing world, I got to meet Pat Flynn, and I'm, you know, first time meeting him, long time following him. I'm like, okay, Pat. And he knows me, you know, through the community. I was also holding his beloved, uh, what do you call it? The switch pod. Ah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's all decked out. Pod. It's all decked out with a, like a camera and an oh, iPhone. Nice. It was like really cool. It had like two iPhones on yeah. it. He was like, can we take a selfie with it? And then I told him like, hey, I'm going to be speaking at PodFest. And I'm really looking forward to it. And all he told me was tell stories yeah so he seeded that and i'm like i'm like looking for stories everywhere and and all these things are popping up in front of me i'm reading story worthy I'm, I'm watching this and then now listening to you on using this formula and then i just love the way you put in your stuff and like oh wow that's i'm all in yeah. i'm all in on it's, it, it's so powerful man it, mm-hmm. it really is um and it's cool because i didn't invent video it's already powerful so i don't have to convince anyone that it works and no. i didn't invent story it's ancient and i just get to utilize it mm-hmm. and i don't have to invent a brand new product and convince people to use it um <laughs> I, I i love the way that you just put that because uh it just it just is sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to remember how powerful these things are and trust the the process 
um, one of one of my go tos uh, is the medicine and the cheese and the medicine that the veterinarian tells you to get your dog to take this pill and the dog won't take the pill and he says put it in some cheese or put it in a little bit of peanut butter mm-hmm. the dog takes the pill the medicine for me is story and story development when I work used to work with bigger corporate clients they understood story development they had whole internal teams based mm-hmm. around brand and story when I started working with smaller companies it was normally like story development what the heck's that Dan so I had to start finding ways to trick my clients into telling better stories and the cheese or the peanut butter was video. Mm-hmm. So I'm hiding the good stuff, which is story inside of the thing that you think is the best part, which is video. Yeah. And that's what led me to the analogy of like video is just a vehicle that takes a story where it's going. So we know the vehicle works. That's fine. We don't have mm-hmm. to build you a brand new car. We already got one. What are we going to put in it? And it's all these things um, that lead to kind of the frequency illusion, right? So you you buy a car and you start seeing that color and brand car everywhere. <laughs> and it's because your brain now is, you know, thinking mm-hmm. it sees it way more, but it's an illusion. The same thing happens with story. Once you start caring about story, you don't got to go to school to learn how to be mm-hmm. an author or writer, whatever. If you just start caring about story, you'll start seeing it everywhere. You'll start telling stories. Yeah. You'll start captivating audiences, even if it's one at a time, and you'll start seeing traction. And I almost feel sometimes like I'm cheating, like I have a, <laughs> a special weapon that no one else has because yeah. I can pull story out of people and mm-hmm. I can tell my own story through metaphor and analogy that they understand. And all of a sudden we're communicating at a different level than just, hey, how are you feeling today? How's the weather? Yeah, 100%. I love that, man. We've had so much fun talking with Dan. Storytelling, video, that's where the power lies, guys. All right, so towards the end of the episode, I'd like to ask some quick fire questions and these are fun ones. So it kind of gets in deeper and there's, I'm sure there's a lot of story that will come out of this one. And so if this is, this episode is longer than 45 minutes, please forgive me. (laughs) What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Uh, Coding. Mm. I I would love to be able to build build my own stuff on a whim. I, I can code enough to be dangerous and do web, but I really <laughs> wish I knew how to build digital tools. Ooh, that would be fun. That would be fun. All right, next one. What did you want to be when you were a child? Uh, sports. Um, I didn't have a single sport because I kind of played them all and I did pretty well at them. And mm-hmm. I always saw myself, um, at least through college, doing something that would uh, take me all the way to the end of my collegiate career. Nice. I always wanted to play sports. Very cool. I don't have a sports thing. I mean, I never really played sports. I was always the goalie because I couldn't run the, the soccer ball uh, or I'd be in the outfield playing cricket. <clears throat> I was not good at it. So I was like, you know what? I'll lean into tech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite movie or TV show? Uh, movies, probably Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of the purest told stories in cinema. Uh, TV show, I go the other way. I like just like crazy stuff and wild stuff. So mm-hmm. Mind Hunter is a television show that just, mm-hmm. I wish there was more seasons. <laughs> I'm going to have to check out Mind Hunter. I've seen Shawshank Redemption. It was a really well done movie. Yeah, I love it. Um, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Ooh. Man, I think I'd want something like classic mm-hmm. and fun. Hey, my name's Dan, so I think of 
Daniel from the Karate Kid. So maybe mm-hmm. like the, the Karate Kid, just something Karate. where, you know, there's sometimes where you see a child actor and maybe you feel a little bad, like, oh, their career never took off or whatever. When I see him, I always, I'm like, you're the Karate Kid though. So like you could go on, have a regular life, regular jobs, invest mm-hmm. in some real estate, whatever, but you're yeah. still always Daniel LaRusso. So <laughs> like, I like, <laughs> I'd want to be the Karate Kid. Nice. I like that. I like that. Uh, next up, who is your favorite superhero? Wolverine. Mm. I, I like vintage. I like leather. I like steel. I like motorcycles. I mm. like uh, things that were built really well and last a long time. And that's kind of Logan, I think. That's definitely Logan. I love it. And last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Ooh, if I were the board game, uh, it'd probably, it'd probably be mousetrap. Um, <laughs> make everyone work real hard to get a simple result. Yeah. But at least they had fun on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I didn't know there was a game called mousetrap, but I'm going to have to look. It oh up. yeah. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine based okay. game from back in the day. Yeah. Oh, that's super so fun. cool, man. I love it. Well, Dan, it was really fun talking with you. Uh, Guys, uh, we have the links to connect with Dan in the show notes. And uh, you can, where's the, what's the favorite place you like to be found on or connected to? Oh, uh, so I try to make it real easy on people. Um, (laughs) Danhaslinks.com has all my links. (laughs) So you can go there. Um, And that's that's pretty much everything. My YouTube channel is my favorite place to be, uh, which is just the antipreneur, but that's on that link page too. And then I do have a really fun little place, uh, not to find me, but to find yourself. Mm. And it's just quiz.video. And that's where you can take a quiz and see where you're at on your video journey and get some really awesome uh, assets and fun customized stuff just for where you're at. And that's about it. That that link stack has all of my platforms and I hang out on all of them. So if you, uh, if you remember the word antipreneur, you'll find me just about anywhere. Fantastic. Well, Dan, thank you so much again for the conversation, the opportunity, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this Hacks and Hobbies episode. Junaid would love to hear from you, so please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today, as well as the show notes.